We'll begin our reading in First Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 8, where it says, O give thanks to the Lord and call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the peoples. Sing to Him, sing praises to Him, tell of all His wondrous works. Glory in His holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that He has done, His miracles and the judgments He uttered. O offspring of Israel, His servant, children of Jacob, His chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Remember His covenant forever, the word that He commanded for a thousand generations. The covenant that He made with Abraham, His sworn promise to Isaac, which He confirmed to Jacob as a statute, to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying, To you I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. When you were few in number, of little account, and sojourners in it, wandering from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another people, He allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked kings on their account, saying, Touch not my anointed ones, and do my prophets no harm. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before Him. Strength and joy are in His place. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory do His name. Bring an offering and come before Him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before Him all the earth. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice and let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for He comes to judge the earth. O give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. Say also, save us, O God, of our salvation, and gather and deliver us from among the nations, that we may give thanks to Your holy name, and glory in Your praise. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Then all the people said, Amen, and praised the Lord. A couple different times this week, somebody told me, they said, Thanksgiving is a day... But Christmas is a season. Our family's always treated it that way, that Christmas is definitely not just a day, it's a season. But you know what, I got thinking about it a little bit later, and I thought, well, is that, is that actually true? We do, we do tend to spend just one day on Thanksgiving. The very next day, our family is usually out cutting a Christmas tree and decorating and getting things ready. My wife actually has already even cheated and watched a Christmas movie this week, one of those sappy ones. And... Um, <laughs> And I told her, that's that's not good. And she said, well, it doesn't matter anymore. There's no kids in the house. So she thinks she got away with it. But now Leah knows. And and Leah's kind of our Christmas spirit police in that regard. So so there there is all that. But, you know, at the same time, I was thinking about Thanksgiving. And actually, you know what the Bible tells us in Philippians to give thanks in everything, in all things. And First Thessalonians, we're going to find when we get to chapter 5, that he says it's actually the will of God for us to give thanks in every circumstance. So when that is all taken into account, then Thanksgiving is actually supposed to be a 24-365, right? Uh, every hour of every day, uh, every day of every year. I started thinking, well, what's the slogan then? Christmas is a season. Thanksgiving is a, what, a lifestyle, a perspective? It's a good lifestyle because I do find that people that tend to be thankful for things are people that tend to be happy. 
people that tend to grumble about things are tend to, people that tend to not be so happy. So it is a good lifestyle. But you know what? At the same time, I stopped myself short there because I don't want to diminish Christmas at all. Because that is a focus on God sending His Son into the world to be our Savior. So I thought, you know what? This doesn't need a slogan. I'm just going to stay away from that. I'm enjoying them both. In fact, I find myself all Christmas season being very thankful for Christmas season and for family and the loved ones that I get to enjoy. Well, as we come to this passage in First Chronicles, David is going to offer up this big thanksgiving, this time of praise. He's thankful at the moment because what has happened is Israel had some dark days. Israel had some days where they treated God kind of like a four-leaf clover, right? They were going off the battles and they're losing the battles. And they said, I know why we didn't win the battles, because we didn't take the Ark with us, the Ark of the Covenant. And so they took the Ark of the Covenant with them, kind of like a good luck charm, like a rabbit's foot. And you know what happened? They got soundly beaten, sent back embarrassed, and lost the Ark. Well, the Ark for then, for quite a while, was separated from Israel. Finally came back into their possession. They wanted to bring it back and put it in its rightful place. And they brought it back. And it's at that time right here where the Ark is finally coming back. And David's heart is just full. It's right after this, the ark is put back in the tabernacle. And David's heart is full. And he is, is thinking about God. And he's saying, you know what? I'm, I'm dwelling in a, in a palace made of cedars. And God's still in a tent. And that's, that's not right. God, God needs a, a permanent building. God's, and that's going to lead to the temple. And David wants so badly to build the temple. But God's going to tell him, nope, you don't get to, but your son's going to. And then David does just about everything he can to get it all ready, all the stuff ready, so that Solomon can just do it when David passes away. Since he's not allowed to build it, he's going to do as much as he can to try to get it ready to be built. So his heart is full. The ark that represents the presence of God is back in the tabernacle and he wants to build it a house. And and he offers up this prayer of thanksgiving. I would call it a prayer of thanksgiving because thanksgiving is kind of like the bookends on each end of it. Right at the very beginning in verse 8, he says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Verse 34, right toward the end of it. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. So David is giving thanks. He's so appreciative. He's so thankful that the ark of God has now come back to Jerusalem. He's so thankful for the blessing of God on his rule and his reign. And he's celebrating that. Well, you know what? I started going through this chapter and through it and through it. And I started looking at what different things were involved in that Thanksgiving. There's actually a lot of ways to express gratitude, right? You can just say it. You can say thank you. Or you can do it in a card. You can write a note or get a thank you card and send it out or hand it to them. You can do it with a hug. There's, just, there's, there's lots of ways that you can say thank you. You can buy small favor in return that you do for them out of gratitude or imitation, right? The sincerest form of flattery. So imitation, copying what some, the way somebody did something or whatever, also shows gratitude for what they have done. So there's actually quite a few different ways to show gratitude. Well, that's what I found as I'm going through this passage too, is I find that as they're expressing their gratitude for, toward God, they were doing it through lots of different ways that either these activities were inspired by their thankfulness or at least encouraged, encouraged by it. And that's what we're going to look at here this morning is this idea of a, of a happy Thanksgiving. I want a happy Thanksgiving. I'm looking forward to to a happy Thanksgiving. I'm sure you're looking forward to this week's festivities and and a happy Thanksgiving day ahead of you. Well, I see them experiencing one in the life of David and the nation of Israel. And if we have the same principles involved in our Thanksgiving, I think that we'll have just as good a result. 
Well, we're going to highlight five different things that they thank the Lord through. In other words, what are the different ways that we can express our gratefulness to God uh, this Thanksgiving season? Even already this morning, you've gone through several of them. And the point isn't necessarily to just pick out one way of saying thanks to God and, and doing it. It is to be involved in many or even all of these different ways. The first way that we see them expressing their thanksgiving is through praying. In chapter 16 and verse 8, he says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon His name. You know, I find that prayer is a very natural expression of gratitude. I don't know how many times, even just, even just recently, but in thinking about my life and thinking about my, my family, thinking about my, my church family, thinking about my, my wife, there's been so many times where it's just, I just think, I don't know why I got it so good. And you know what? As soon as I get like that, as soon as I have that thought, it's just natural to just start thanking God. Thanking God for the blessings that He brings into my life. And that's what David, just as he's just starting, he's just starting this song. This is David's song of thanksgiving. And just as he starts this song, that's the first thing that he mentions. He says, you know what? We need to call upon His name. We need to express gratitude, thankfulness to God. One of the easiest ways to do that is prayer. We need to be involved in seasons of prayer or times of prayer where we set aside and just devote ourselves to talking to God. The Bible tells us to pray continually. So in other words, even about while you're going about your business. You know, there's many times that I, I pray while I'm at work and I'm working. I, I, I pray while I'm walking. I pray while I'm driving. Sometimes everybody else prays while I'm driving. But all these different times, the times that you can pray, we talk to God regularly uh, on a regular basis as we're going through life. Prayer is a great way to express our thanksgiving before God. Proclaiming. Proclaiming. This is something that we need to not keep to ourselves. We, we, when we pray, we should pray uh, alone. We should also pray with other people. Jesus said, we're two or more gathered together. And here am I in the midst. Well, proclaiming takes it even a step further. Proclaiming means you're going to share what God has done for you. And share His blessings. Give God thanks in the midst of other people. In the midst of people that have your same desire to offer thanksgiving to God. And in the midst of people who may or may not. In uh, the last part of that same verse, it says, Make known His deeds among the peoples. Among the peoples. Now notice, that He isn't saying just among Israel. He doesn't say just among His chosen ones. But He says, Make known His deeds among the peoples. When God brings a blessing into your life or, or just brings you to think about a blessing in your life, that's a good opportunity to share with somebody else to declare among other people the goodness of God in your life. That's our opportunity. We are expressing gratitude for God, thanksgiving to God when we declare it, not just among our close-knit family and friends, not just among our church family, but among others as well. In the very next verse, at the end of verse 9, it says, Tell of His wondrous works. So, so far we express our gratitude before God, our thanksgiving. We do that through prayer. We do that through proclamation, proclaiming it to the world around us. We also do it through praising. Well, actually, we've been involved in all three of these already this morning. Because we've sang songs of, of thanksgiving and gratefulness. Thank You for the cross, Lord. Thank You for the price You paid. And what are we doing? We're, we're singing songs of praise. That's exactly what David's doing at this moment. He's, this is a song that he is singing before God. And in verse 9 it says, Sing to Him, sing praises to Him, tell of all of His wonderful works. We need to be doing that. And we get to do that collectively. Do it often. You don't have to be here. You, you can be singing anywhere. 
I just went downstairs to throw my phone down in my office to make sure it's down there where it can't disrupt the service or something like that and, and grabbed a couple things and came out of my office to head back upstairs and as I turned away from the desk, I started singing a song that we were going to be singing this morning. Started singing that and come bursting out the door and just about ran over Christy. Sorry, Christy. But <laughs> just about just just about bumped into Christy in the hallway. And you know what? Fact of the matter is, if I knew she was coming, I might not have been singing. But I'm glad I didn't know she was coming. She's probably not so glad. But go ahead and sing. Go ahead and belt it out. You know, I remember even when I, when I first started going to church, because of singing with everybody, that was new to me. And, you know, I thought, I'm not singing. I'll watch. But, you know, it's kind of fun to watch. A little bit of time went on, and I'd just watch everybody sing, and I thought, I don't want anybody to hear me. And then I started, ah, maybe I'm going to sing. I think I might try that singing. I started to sing, and it was, it was fun. I liked it. Well, and then I ended up coming to Christ, and then the songs had deeper meaning for me. Now I'm really getting into it. I like it. Now I'm not I'm waving the hands all over and that kind of stuff. I'm just not that way. But... But I'm excited about it. At least I had some cousins back in the day that they they were good singers. They would sing at weddings and that kind of stuff, and they would sing parts. And I loved it whenever we were sitting somewhere close to one of those guys and and that. And so every once in a while I'd kind of sing a part with one of them or something, you know, a little quieter. But 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 it was just it was it was great. And you know, and, and finally I I got to one point and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to belt it out. I don't care anymore. Maybe if if they don't want to hear me, they can pick it up. And uh, you can drown me out that way, but but you know what? The the fact is, we're supposed to be doing what we're we're not here to be judged on our music quality or capabilities. And I'm so glad because it seems like every time I find a song I really like to sing in church, always has at least one point in the song where I don't know where to come in, and so I goof it up regularly. But I love it. But I love to sing them. And so you know what? I thought you know what? If me belting it out doesn't sound good, but if it encourages other people to belt it out, you know what the fact of the matter is? I'm just not going to worry about whether it's encouraging other people or not. I'm just going to sing. And so I just started singing and singing louder. Well, that's what David is saying. Look, belt it out. Sing. You know the the, the shower always gets the blame. Sing in the shower because you don't you don't hear who's hearing you and all that kind of stuff. Sing like nobody's around. Sing. Now there's places he probably shouldn't be singing. Now don't get me wrong. I don't think don't get weird about it, but. <laughs> But you know what? Singing can be a bigger part of our life and expressing gratitude and thanksgiving in a way. God is honored by that. Make, a, make that joyful noise. Praise. We need to be praising God. And, and that happens as we do that individually and as a group. Well, not only uh, praising, but also pursuing. In verses 10 and 11, it says, Glory in His name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His presence continually. God is exalted by your pursuing Him. We're supposed to pursue righteousness. We're supposed to pursue God. We're supposed to seek seek after Him. And He tells them to express it. Who is going to be expressing it? Those who seek after God. And then He encourages them to, to seek Him thoroughly. To pursue Him. Well, what, what does it mean to, to pursue God? Because a lot of these things will be involved in it. If you're pursuing God, obviously you're going to be praying. If you're pursuing God, you're going to be offering thanks. You're going to be praising Him. You're going to be proclaiming Him. So a lot of these things are involved in it. But pursuing is something deeper than that, isn't it? Pursuing is not just the actions, but where, where's your heart? Where's your heart right now? You married men, when you first getting to know your wife, I think pursuing is a good word for that, isn't it? Because you, you're pursuing her. You're, you're learning about her. You're spending time with her. You're wanting to spend time with her. I remember I would drop Lisa off after a date 
And as soon as I got home, I'd walk in and I'd pick up the phone and I'd call her. Now, the deal was she had to sit by the phone and wait <laughs> because it was kind of late. And if you, her dad picked up the phone, then it's a wrong number. Oh, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I'm a morning. I'm a, I'm a morning person. That's a lie. I'm a night person. She's a morning person, so she often fell asleep by the phone, but she got it pretty quick usually. I remember one time she was going to give me 15 minutes, and she was going to call me. That had to wake up her dad. And so I get home, and I'm sitting there in the phone. I got the phone on the couch. It's all ready, waiting for her to call. A friend of mine is sitting on the couch on the other side of the phone. And he, he was watching something when I got home. I lived with them at the time. And uh, the phone rang. And he goes, oh, just a minute. He, he grabbed the phone. He beat me to it. He grabbed the phone. He's like, she had already fallen asleep. So she wakes up. She's a little groggy. She calls. And he picks it up. And he says, Joe's Bar and Grill. <laughs> Click. <laughs> I looked at him like, it rings again. He grabbed it again. Said something else. Click. I told him, I said, you touch that phone one more time. <laughs> And you're dead. But why? why? What's going on? Why? I'm pursuing her. I, I want to be with her. I want to know her better. I, you know, she would have things that she'd tell me. My family's doing this this weekend. And I'm already thinking, so is that the kind of thing I can be at or I can't? That pursuit, that, that desire, that, that's what he's saying. Seek God. Pursue God. Prayer, prayer shouldn't be a drudgery for us. It should be a delight. Why? Because we're pursuing Him. We're seeking after him, we want him. Well, then also pondering, pondering. He just he just tells him to think about it. You know, I always think about that this Christmas season because, you know, when, with the events surrounding Jesus' birth, there's a there's a favorite part of that for me that talks about Mary. It says that Mary treasured all these things. She pondered them in her heart. I mean, you got angels showing up and on the hillside and shepherds coming in and telling you about it and these things are foretold by angels to, to her and to Joseph. And you got wise men showing up later on. All these things happening. And Mary's just like thinking it through. And she's not forgetting a detail. And she's just thinking of all this stuff and just pondering this, turning this over in her heart. You know, a huge part of our relationship with God is what we call meditation which is not emptying your mind as the Eastern mysticism does, but is filling your mind with the Word of God and turning those things over in your mind and thinking about those things. Well, that's what David encourages the people to do here as well. In verses 12 through 18, it says, Remember the wondrous works that he's done. He's asking them to stop and to recollect, to, to think through. Remember, remember the works that God's done. Now, Israel could look back at a lot of different things. God parting the Red Sea and bringing them across the wilderness and protecting them in the wilderness, feeding them with manna in the wilderness, getting them water from the rock in the wilderness. David would have to look at God's faithfulness to his own house and giving him the kingdom and then promising him that the kingdom would stay within his family. And so there's a lot to think about. He says, Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of Israel, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones, he is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Remember His covenant forever, the word that He commanded for a thousand generations. The covenant that He made with Abraham, His sworn promise to Isaac, which He confirmed to Jacob as a statute to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying to you, I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. You see what He's doing? He's just kind of tracking through some of their history. And He's saying, look at the promise that He gave to Abraham. 
He repeated it, kept it going to Isaac, confirmed it in Jacob. This is a, pro, uh, this is a promise for Israel for what? Forever. And he's just encouraging them, look, ponder these things. Think about these things. Remember these things. You know, Thanksgiving needs to be a time where we stop and think about things. And we just think about the blessings that God has brought into our life. And we remember His faithfulness to us. And then we'll just naturally thank Him for it. That's what Thanksgiving is all about. So now the, the whys, right? This is the, this is the hows. This is how we express our thanks to God. Why? He also focuses on why we would be expressing our thanks to God. So we're to thank God for, thank God for, first of all, His performance. His works. He keeps focusing on, as we mentioned, his his words. Remember his deeds. Give thanks for his deeds. Uh, remember his works that he has uh, accomplished on our behalf. And so we need to focus on what God has done. Now David was back at a time where David was actually kind of a, a picture of Christ and what Christ would do in the future. But we get to look back on it, and so we have so much more to be thankful for. We have the thanksgiving to God that that He would send His own Son to the cross to die in our place to take our sins upon Himself. We have the, the gratefulness toward God for the getting that message to us through the apostles and prophets, through the missionaries that God would send forth to make sure that that Gospel got spread all over the world. You, you know, it didn't start here. It started clear back in Jerusalem, back on a different continent than ours. But you know what? It's pretty amazing that we are in a place where... Now, what do we do? Almost from our inception, we are in a place where we would send out missionaries to other places, to other countries around the world. We have received quite the blessing of God. And so we need to remember those things, those performances that God has done on our behalf. In verse 12, he says this, Remember the wondrous works that He has done, His miracles and the judgments. That last part ties into the next point, which is talking about His judgments that He uttered, is His precepts. We also need to be thanking God for His precepts, thankful for His Word. I love it that I have the firm foundation of the Word of God to build my life on. You know, if we don't have this, what do we have? We have the changing wind of the times. We have, a, we have just the opinions of people that vacillate to huge degrees. I remember listening to a guy talking about, he was a psychologist, one that used to work with Maslow, and he talked about their work that they did on family relationships and about it was such a good idea to have a contract between parents and children about who, what your chores are and what they aren't and, and what was required of you and that kind of stuff. And oh, about, it, was, it was like 20 years later or more that uh, I was listening to him on WCCO, station that comes out of the cities. And I was listening to this interview and, and they went through talking about that whole philosophy that they came up with and everything. And he said there's only one problem with it. And the person interviewing him said, well, What's that? What's the problem? He said, yeah, it doesn't work. And, and they laughed. And I laughed at first. And all of a sudden I thought, wait a minute. That's not funny. You're talking 20, 25 years later. That's like a generation. How many people in that generation thought this guy was the guru on how to run your family and raise your children? And what has happened to those relationships and those families and those children because of that? You know what? I'm so thankful. The, the Bible compares the the thoughts and the philosophies of the day and of the world of being like waves on the sea, like wind. We're just left to be tossed around by the next new idea, the next good idea, the next, which 20 years later finds out it's not all that good of an idea. You know what? Sometimes people ask, well, why would you run your life on that old book? The newest parts are 2,000 years old. 
because I would rather have a 2,000-year-old foundation that is still as solid as the day it was laid than your new waves that are flowing through our society on a regular basis. That's what David is saying here. The judgments that God has uttered, he adds to that in verses 14 and 15. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Remember His covenant forever. His covenant also is part of the Word of God. The Word that He commanded for a thousand years. So David focuses on His judgments, His covenant, His Word. And so the precepts of God we have to be very thankful for. Not only that, but found within His precepts, we find His promises. He points out in verses 16 through 18, the promises that He gave to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and and to the whole nation. It says the covenant they made with Abraham, His sworn promise to Isaac, which He confirmed to Jacob as a statute to Israel, an everlasting covenant to you I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. You know, we have so many more promises as well. You know, Jesus, before He left, gave us the promise of His return. And when He left, He said, you know what, I'm going to prepare a place for you so that when I come again, I'll receive you unto Myself so that where I am, you may be also. You know, Jesus promised to us eternal life through faith in Him. We don't deserve it. We deserve eternal separation from God in hell because of our sin. But Jesus laid down His life on our behalf. He paid for our sin debt and promised us that through faith in Him, we could have eternal life. And so we're thankful for His promises as well. Well, not only that, but He also highlights His protection. God's watch care over them. In verses 19-22, through it says, "...when you were few in number and of little account, and sojourners in it, wandering from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another people, He allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked kings on their account, saying, "...touch not my anointed ones, and do my prophets no harm." And so he could look back at Israel's history, and he'd say, "...look at how God protect us as we wandered from place to place before coming into the Promised Land." He could also look at that history and say, look at how God gave us victory in the promised land and gave us this land to inherit. In fact, he points to that. And so he looks at all those things, the way that God protected them and provided for them. Well, God protected them as He led them from different places. He didn't allow them kings to touch His people and those armies to touch His people. He protected them and then delivering them out from under Pharaoh. Pharaoh comes chasing after them with the armies and God delivers them on dry ground through the Red Sea and then brings that sea crashing down in on Pharaoh's people. God's protection of the people as well. And we can look and be thankful for the protection that God brings into our life. And then lastly, and, and it's, a, and it's a, large, a large portion of it, He focuses on His person. He just focuses on who God is. Like in our song that we sang today, great is your faithfulness. God, you are, you are faithful. That's what he does from verses 23 to 33. For those ten verses there, he says, Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous works among the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens splendor and majesty are before Him. Strength and joy are in His place. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come before Him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before Him all the earth. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice. And let them say among the nations, The Lord reigns. Let the sea roar 
and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for He comes to judge the earth. And He ends with this. O give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. Then all the people said, Amen. Amen. There's so much in the Thanksgiving. There's so many different ways to express our gratitude to God. We can do it in praying. We can do it in proclaiming. Praising God. Pursuing Him. Seeking after Him. Pondering. Taking time to think about these things. All of these ways should be part of our Thanksgiving. And we ought to be encouraged. I encourage you to make sure there's time for all these kinds of things. There's lots of reasons to do it for His performance, the works, the deeds that He's done, His precepts that He gives us, the Word of God that He gives us to build our life upon from within the Word of God, those promises that He gives us that we hang on, the protection that He brings into our life, and all of that because of what? Because of who He is. God is worthy to be praised and thanked because of who He is.